Hello and welcome to In-House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. My name's Will Hood and for the last 12 months we've been releasing a podcast episode every two weeks and this week marks episode 26 and it's the last in the season. So I thought we could take a little time to reflect on what this project is, what it's achieved and to ask what the point is of having recorded all these conversations in the first place. One of the main reasons we wanted to put a podcast out into the world was in part to document the conversations that as an organisation we've been having with the young men that we work with in and outside of prison. We wanted to explore what role creativity played for them during their prison sentences and after release and really what their thoughts are about anything they felt was important enough to come up in conversation. Over the span of the previous 25 episodes, we've met many men who've at some point experienced in-house records whilst in prison and then have stayed connected with us musically or professionally upon being released. We've explored the title theme of creativity and confinement, thought about the meaning and efficacy of rehabilitation and punishment. We've questioned the health implications of technology and, and particularly smartphones outside of prison and talked a lot about poverty and its failure to offer people options that seem more attractive than the bad decisions that led to them breaking the law, getting caught and serving time. And so for this final episode, we've assembled a kind of anthology of the most persistent themes that have come up in conversation throughout the last year. And whilst this is clearly not a comprehensive study and doesn't represent in any way a universal point of view, I do hope that it gives anyone listening to this a chance to better understand what matters to the men that in-house records spends its time working with. But just quickly before we dive into that, I just want to offer a quick reply to some of you that have queried something about the format of the show. Many of you have asked me over the last year why we don't explicitly mention the interviewee's crime when obviously we do talk around the subject. And I think in many ways that this is a valid question and I can understand that it may appear like a bit of an elephant in the room to some listeners. I also think that the answer, whilst it may not be satisfying to all of you, is reflective of our core values at In-House Records. And so the truth in its simplicity is that nobody is or should be defined by the crimes that they have committed. Human beings, without exception, are simply more complex than that. There's plenty of true crime dramas out there for listeners that want salacious details of the criminal underworld. But what we've been trying to do with this podcast is something different. We've been trying to get to know better the young men that have found themselves serving time in UK prisons. Importantly, though, I would say... By not talking about the offence, we are not excusing anything that these guys have done and we are certainly not celebrating anything about a criminal lifestyle. What we are trying to do is have better conversations with these men about who they understand themselves to be and how they understand their place in the world. And at In-House Records, we believe that this is a fundamental part of reducing crime and creating safer communities. It's also worth noting that in some cases, these guys have done very long sentences. 
And I'd encourage anyone listening to reflect on how much they themselves may have changed in the last 16 or even 18 years. And also to consider the thought experiment that if each time you had to meet somebody new in your adult life, the damage to that first experience, if you were forced to lead with a description of the worst thing you'd done and to whom. Anyway, these are the types of things that making this show has made me think about over the last year. And of course, it raises all sorts of heavy philosophical questions about forgiveness, redemption and behaviour change that we can't possibly solve or even really cover in this space. But I do hope that over the last year, you've got to know these guys a little bit better than you did before and that you would agree with me in thinking that the power of conversation itself can be recognised or should be recognised as an important part of the solution to the many things that need fixing. So to everyone that has been with us for the last 12 months, thank you very much for listening. Please let friends and colleagues know about this podcast if you think that they'd find it useful. And as ever, if you'd like to know more about the In-House Records project, please visit www.inhouserecords.org. In-House, the podcast is funded in part by the UK Arts Council. This idea of creativity and being creative whilst you're in confinement, do you have any thoughts about that? How important do you think it is to find something to be creative with when you're in confinement?
what it can do to us. Like, for example, um, we're going to Dark. There's songs that can bring you from a sad place to a happy place. There's songs that can make you want to do something crazy. <laughs> like, there are songs that can depress you. Music is powerful. And if you understand the power of music, you can harness the power to achieve um, an effect, a desired effect. But then it goes deeper to the mentality and how you perceive things. Music can actually affect your perception. And, and I'm talking about your morals, your behavior, the way you, the way you uh, um, take things, environmental things. And, and that is why music is so important. Um, yeah, I, like, it's, to me, I think it's the, the difference between life and death in some situations. In other situations, it's the difference between um, being sane and being insane. Um, in other situations, it's the difference between someone self-harming and not self-harming. Like these things, having aims, having goals, having things that you aspire to do or be, it's good things and it's positives and it will get you through your time definitely it's just really it's one of the only things along with like support of your family and friends and things like that but yeah for yourself you've got to have that that goal and that aim so to be at that such low point and then to be rebuilt and have people have faith in you people show you that you know what i believe in this guy mate i know i know what he's done he's done yeah i know that i get it however this guy has shown me something which makes me feel that i can trust him i can believe him i can work with him i can give him a chance he can salvage his life and that's massive What do you really think the difference is between uh, someone in prison experiencing in-house and not experiencing in-house? The difference is, imagine if Yoda never had no interest in Luke. <laughs> That's how it would be. You you wouldn't even know that you, you're the one, that you're the Jedi, innit? You would just know that, oh, you like seeing people fight with lightsabers. Like, that's how it is, because in prison, you know that you like music, but you don't know you can take it further or because you feel like you're in a place where no one believes in you. You don't even feel like everybody knows where you're at in the world. So you feel unsafe and uncomfortable a lot of the times or whatever. So when I found in-house, someone without in-house, someone without in-house, you can do your thing, but it's like, do you have that support? You know what I mean? That's, that's some, of someone in the industry, so to speak, you know what I mean? So when me being with in-house is like, Okay, I know I'm a Jedi now. I wanna, I wanna, I'm more motivated to go and ride on the other side. That makes sense. The interesting phrase to me there is that you talk about giving something back. And so, do you mean by that that you're creating these clothes, which you're then um, are going into the outside world and people are wearing them? They're getting some use out of your um, industry, your your labour, your creative ideas. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, no one knows, like, they don't know me, they don't know us, they will know what you want them to know, 
and we're at the stage now where it doesn't matter how they perceive because you know what you've come from and now what you're trying to give back do you know what I mean I'm trying to not, I'm not trying to rely on, on on the government for handouts I'm not trying to be something that I'm not I'm just trying to now I figured out who I am as a person I figured out what I want to achieve in life and now I want the world to see who I am at this stage of my life who I am now I wouldn't be working towards a career I'd I wouldn't have something that I love. I'd go and do either uh, a shitty job that um, pays uh, peanuts and go and do crime and then ruin society instead of finding something that I love and want to stay in and make a career out of it and never um, to be on the police database again. I'm, I, I think that's that's a better look for society rather than what just go in a sweatshop and get, get my back whipped. And then the minute I can get out of there or find something better, that's what I end up doing. Like people with that view, I, they're not thinking it through properly. The same people that say that when you go to jail, you shouldn't be having a good time and you shouldn't be uh, um, allowed to do music workshops are the same people that say they want to reduce reoffending and that, you know, they're fed up with the crime rates and the government needs to do something about how much crime goes up. If you want, crime to stop and if you want people to grow then I mean we've learned this in schools already you don't do that through negative reinforcement and punishment you do that through positive reinforcement and rehabilitation and then you have to ask what music does for people music helps people socially it helped me socially it helped me understand it helped me communicate it helped me it helped me under, uh, learn it helped me express myself it also helped me to understand me because it, it allowed me to to think and, and not just not just music or poetry, everything. So it, it enabled me to think deeply and understand things. So music in itself is so much more powerful. Like imagine if we didn't have that in jail. Like this is how deep it is. You go to the block, they still give you a radio. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you go to segregation unit, yeah, the block, the seg whatever they call it in certain other places. Like, you go down there and you've got nothing in there. Like, you've got no TV, you're a punishment. That means you ain't seeing nobody. You only come out of your cell to make a phone call, which is, like, every two days, and a shower, which is probably the same. But they will still give you a radio. Why? Because they know, like, like if you have music, you could kind of go mad. Right. If we didn't have music in the world, I, I think we'd be a lot worse than what we are. I think we'd all be bad. I think we'd be certainly madder than we are, yeah, for sure. That's crazy that in solitary that they give yeah, you a radio. Yeah, they give you a radio there, so it's just you know like when you're laying there and you're listening to things, it allows your brain to just imagine, dream, remember, draw on memory. It's therapeutic. What do you really think the difference is between uh, someone in prison experiencing in-house and not experiencing in-house? The difference is, imagine if Yoda never had no interest in Luke. <laughs> That's how it would be. You you wouldn't even know that you, you're the one, that you're the Jedi, you know? You would just know that, oh, you like seeing people fight with lightsabers. Like, that's how it is, because in prison, you know that you like music, 
but you don't know you can take it further or because you feel like you're in a place where no one believes in you. You don't even feel like everybody knows where you're at in the world. So you feel unsafe and uncomfortable a lot of the times or whatever. So when I found in-house, someone without in-house, someone without in-house, you can do your thing, but it's like, do you have that support? You know what I mean? That's, that's some, of someone in the industry, so to speak, do you know what I mean? So when me being with in-house is like, okay, I know I'm a Jedi now. I wanna, I wanna, I'm more motivated to go and ride on the other side. That makes sense. Even though when you're going out, you, you know, everyone's saying, yeah, don't come back. And you're like, well, no, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming. But everything that you've heard and went through and people you met, you know, got introduced to and things you found out and you're likely to go out and mingle with those people and try a few of those things for yourself. And you you basically then get the same energy as, as those of rotten apples, you know, that make these sentences look like, you know, child's play. Yeah. It's like, oh, 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 it's literally the conversations are like, oh, what, how long did you get for that? Oh, two years, oh, oh 2D1, oh, I'll do that in my sleep, I'll do that in my sleep, oh, that's minor, oh, you know, things like that. And it's like, if, you, you, if you're not strong, you can easily think to yourself, well, Okay, well, yeah, well, it's true. Well, yeah, if it's if it's if it's minor to them, yeah, then it's minor to me as well. Because you're thinking, well, you know what? The worst case scenario, yeah, it is minor. You know, uh, what two do one? Yeah, yeah, it goes quick anyway. You know, and if I don't get caught, then I'm gonna have this amount, or I'll have this much, or I would I would have gained this. So it's not a total loss. You know, things like you start thinking stupidly. Then the argument is this, every human born, every human being is born with a right to fucking learn. You're never too old or too young to learn. You have asked your God-given right as a human being, just like it's, it's your right as a human being to have food in your belly, even though most people go hungry. That's why the, that's why the world is fucked up. It's like, that's your, like, that's your right, that's your God-given right. That's your human right, you're, you're meant to learn. Something that's come up a lot before with other um, interviews is this idea of of time. That actually, on the outside, time is something you never have enough of, right? Yeah. Uh, yet in prison, I suspect it's perhaps the opposite and that you actually have um, too much of it. Yeah. I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, what, what, what's going on there? And, um, and what did that mean to you when you were going through it? I mean, three, three, three and a half years away seemed like an absolute eternity. And I've been out now for um, um, just under two, and it's flown by. <laughs> yeah, life from the outside definitely moves a lot quicker than it does on the in. So, how old were you when you started your three-year sentence, Phil? I was 34, I think, when I went away. Okay, so if you had the opportunity to talk to the younger version of yourself before you went inside, what kind of advice would you give to him? Um, don't grow weed. <laughs> don't do it on an industrial scale and don't get caught. <laughs> um, yeah. I appreciate the honesty of that answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just... Um, yeah, there's a, a bigger picture in life, you know, you can just stay away from that line. 
know, it's all fun and games at the time, but when they finally catch up with you, and they will, because the police are just too clever these days anyway. It's not just you, your life that you kind of ruin, it's everyone else around you as well. I mean, my wife and my son's had to put up with it, family. And... Okay, so you, um, how old was your son when you went in? Um, he was eight, I think. Okay. That must have been tough for both of you, but I mean, imagine um, you being away from him when he was at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it all kind of hit home. I'd got out the day before his 12th birthday. Okay. uh, I remember my wife saying to me, do you realise you've been away for a third of his life? And that was a bit of a, well, okay, time to get my head down and, uh, yeah. I do job. Girls, what you make it, a lot of the time. We talked just now about punishment and rehabilitation. I think the best rehabilitation you can find in jail is the rehabilitation you bring about yourself. You have so much time to think about who you are and what you want in life. And you have so much time to try to take steps towards achieving that without all of the daily stresses and duties you have in the real world. Look, good people sometimes do bad things. And I'm a big burly bloke with tattoos around my neck. I'm I'm not sort of uh, worried about most things. But my life got a lot better after realising that energy lines and uh, thinking with your heart and acting with your heart rather than your head works and he's a much better way to be and I just think there was a few people in that room at that time that kind of like I call it like-minded people that we just all had that same sort of mindset to concentrate on what felt right what felt good and if it didn't it didn't go and yeah I think it just worked it definitely did work and I do I do mean I don't I miss I, it sounds weird I miss those Monday Tuesdays and Wednesdays you know And so there you have it. We've come to the end of season one of In-House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. Thank you so much for all those men that have shared their stories and insights with us over the last 12 months. And thank you for your support by listening to us. We hope to see you again in the future for a season two at some point. But until then, take care and stay creative. find out more about the world's only prison-run record label, go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word, inhouserecords.org. And if you'd like to hear more of these interviews, please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts. The In-House Podcast is an APA production for In-House Records.